0: Welcome, Mama. You've got your hands full, I know. As a mama for myself, I can relate to the exhausting days of motherhood with wiping messy faces, correcting attitudes, and picking up those countless piles of laundry. But I have found that if we search deeply and open our hearts, we can experience motherhood in a whole new light. By applying biblical principles, we can have joy, we can have peace, and we can have purpose in motherhood. Join me weekly for a little spiritual water for your weary soul. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Purpose of Motherhood podcast. I'm Ashley Kasten. It is so great to have you here with me, and you guys are in for such a treat. I have a very special mama of get-this eight children. Okay. You're going to get a lot of wisdom today from her. I have a mama of eight that is here to talk to us today, to pour some encouragement into our, our hearts are overwhelmed or maybe weary hearts. And you guys are just going to love her story. So let me introduce you to Dia. She is a um, pastor's wife. Her and her husband were in ministry for many, many years. They're doing something different now. And I'll let her kind of share that. Um, But yeah, let's welcome her. Thank you for coming Dia.
1: Thank you Ashley what a what a privilege to have an opportunity to be with you and to speak to the sweet mamas out there if you're listening oh my heart for you <laughs> my yes i have 8 children but they are all adults <laughs>
0: Yes,
1: it does
0: happen. (laughs) We need to hear that someday. Yes, you you will make it to the other side. Well, it it has been so cool to connect with Dia. We actually both live in North Carolina. What are the chances? We got connected kind of randomly um, online. And I thought, gosh, this woman, I know that she has so much wisdom that she could probably pour out. And sure, even just a little bit that we have talked I'm telling you guys, just get your notebooks out and get ready to take some notes and just be encouraged um so yeah, I would just I want her to kind of share her story and catch you guys up on kind of you know who is she and you know who is this lady that has eight kids, right, and you can even start with that maybe did you did you plan on having eight kids?
1: <laughs> well, I will tell you, Ashley, that we were open to what. God had you know our philosophy was well there were two things one God said to be fruitful and multiply and he Mm -hmm. didn't mean eat bananas and do math (laughs) so we were open and the other uh, um, decision or non-decision was neither one of us could decide if who was gonna I wasn't gonna do anything permanent and he wasn't gonna do anything (laughs) permanent So uh, we had our, our four. We had a girl that uh, we got married in 74 and had a child in 75, 77, 79, and 81. Two girls, two boys. And um, as it, we, I think we had one every time we moved. And then uh, we moved again five years later and one of my sons said, So when are you going to have a baby? And I said, I, you know, We gave away our baby equipment. Oh, mm-hmm. not, you know, I don't, why'd you say that? Well, every time we move, well, guess what? We had the second <laughs> batch that came five years after the first one. So in 86, 88, 90, we had the three musketeers, we had three boys. And seven—that's the perfect number, right? It's the number of completion. Oh yeah, but we moved. Oh no! (laughs) And eight years after the youngest, on number six's birthday, so ten when he was for his tenth birthday, we gave him a baby sister, and it happened to be at the same time that our oldest was getting married. So oh my gosh. I got to buy a mother of the bride maternity dress.
0: That might be the most shocking part about it. When you say that, when you said this to me the other day, you know, picture your oldest getting married and you getting a maternity mother of the bri- bride dress. <laughs> I went, oh my gosh! I did not even think about that. How did yeah. how how did that feel? What was going through your mind?
1: Well, I'll I'll true confessions. I was forty five. Okay. And it was like, oh, thank you, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was too old for this, and and the only difference was because I never really—I loved being pregnant.
0: Did you? Did okay. Never
1: stopped me. I did. Mm-hmm. I was leading an aerobics class the the night before I went to the hospital to birth. Oh, birth wow! Birth. Um, I thought I'd pulled something in the class and Mm -hmm. kept waking up with this pain that was about every 10 minutes. (laughs) Oh, wait, I'm in labor. (laughs) Um, I do, I will say that, uh, at the hospital I was out walking the halls to see if we could move the progress on a little bit. And I thought, I don't know if I can do this again, but I did. And I was surrounded with the, um, seven of our arty children in the birthing room they were singing praise music and the nurses were getting off their shift but staying because it was so awesome to hear Aww. everybody singing and and boom there she was and now she is graduated from college and uh working toward um
0: doing uh, foreign missions work wow yep. that was the other thing that impressed me so much about your kids when you talked about what they're all doing now share that with us oh okay so
1: you know how you hope that they grow up and leave home get out of the yeah. house don't live in your basement well they have lived on six continents they which is great because then you get to go visit yeah <laughs> our, our oldest got married uh to a. Uh, Fabulous guy that was working in our church in our youth ministry and helping out with the worship service. And he'd been had an, his eye on the mission field in Brazil. And then, and that is another story about how they ended up together. And she got married, and six months later, they moved to Brazil. And then my son. And his wife have served for 11 years in Sarajevo, Bosnia with a crew. And Mm. then another daughter was in, uh, she and her husband were on the faculty at Woodstock School in Northern India. And my youngest has been, um, she spent the summer in Turkey and plans to go back somewhere. She's not sure, but probably Turkey. She just has a a heart for them. And then I have a son that is stateside with crew, but he's um, on the leadership of the entertaining branch, the music branch. So he takes puts together student uh, worship teams and takes them on tours. He's toured All over the world. And so that's, in fact, he was leading the worship service at a conference in Germany for the Eastern European staff and staff people. And it was at the time when his brother, uh, Josh, was in Sarajevo and he was going to the conference. And so uh, Seth came from the States and Josh came from Bosnia and they led worship together
0: wow (laughs) pretty pretty
1: crazy and then i have a son that is uh studied japanese at osaka university and chinese at um beijing normal university i don't know if they have abnormal or what but that's
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yes wow all over the place now well, like, did you raise them kind of to be aware of missions or like, why do they, how did they all end up with this kind of mission mindset and that just heart for work of the kingdom?
1: You know, that is, I, you're not the first person to ask me that. <laughs> like how, why are your kids all over the world? You know, and these are yeah. people asking me who their kids still live in the same County, maybe even have a house on the same property. But in fact, I did put together a a little book called molding global citizens it's mm. actually available on amazon and uh, there are uh, just briefly i mean we expose them to the world uh, we always had missions conferences in our church so they met people that served in other countries and found out okay. you know they're regular people they yeah. Put one foot in front of the other to walk. We also had, uh, well, my sister and her husband were missionaries in Poland for 10 years. So, you know, oh, that's what people do. And then we hosted exchange students. So we, you know, mm. we had the first four and it was about time two years later to have another one. And I thought, why don't we get one that's already potty trained? So. <laughs> We got a 16-year-old German uh, student that lived with us for a year, which was awesome. She became a Christian when she was with us. And and she taught us a number of things about cross-cultural and have stayed in touch with her. And then later, we had uh, Daphne come and stay with us from the Netherlands, and she Uh, invited our 16 year old daughter to go back and spend the summer with her in Europe and then my daughter calls and says oh so I'm bringing Daphne's sister floor home with me and you can homeschool her wow (laughs) it's like okay whatever um, and then you know when you're when you're praying for other countries or I had a, a a ministry in one of our churches when our kids were really young. Well, the first batch was young and the second, third batch didn't exist. We had a children's um, missions group that met at the church on Sunday nights called M&Ms mm-hmm. and many missionaries. And we prayed for different countries. We um, raised money to give to Oh, I'm suddenly forgetting the ministry oh. where they would raise just little pennies here and there and do chores, and we would buy a goat for a family, Heifer wow. International, okay, and yeah. or, or chickens or whatever. So they were actually, you know, learning to care about other people and realizing that other people could be served.
0: That's amazing.
1: Those are, those are some of the the way, and and it just was. And my husband was always saying in the challenging sermons, may your life be like a pebble thrown into the ocean of the world that makes ripples on every shore.
0: Hmm. That's so good. It sounds like there was a lot of little things that made a big difference that that you did, which I'm I'm so glad that you shared all of that because I think oftentimes we think we have to do something grand and we have to... You know, follow this big plan and do everything right for our kids to turn out a certain way when really it's all these little things like you taking them, you know, to the church on Sunday night when there was the missionary meetings and um, little things here and there that you were doing that added up to this big picture where all of a sudden they were seeing the world differently. Um, which makes it feel more attainable for us, you know, when we're in the weeds and we have all these kids and we're like, what am I supposed to bring them on a mission trip? Like, what? Like, are you kidding me?
1: Yes, we did do that. Actually, I found out, we got connected with this uh, new tribes mission missionary and they told, they go like the way you, most people think of missionaries Mm -hmm. where they actually go out in the jungle and they make a, a clay oven and all that. Um, And this was when we were serving a church in Alabama. Okay. There was a training camp in Mississippi just, and it happened to be at a camp. I had gone to summer camp as a child too. Wow. And taken over by New Tribes Mission. And um, we got to go visit. And, And it was like going on a mission trip.
0: That is so, so cool. So
1: Yeah, it is the little things, but he, he, if you have the big picture of encouraging your child yeah. to be whoever God made them to be, to do whatever God made them to do with open ears and eyes to go down the paths, he leads them. He is going to get them to that point now. One of my sons is he did go on a mission trip to Africa, actually with his um, college a cappella group. And he, yes, he got a football scholarship to Wake Forest University and was also in the a cappella group, but he's a financial advisor. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a heart for missions. That's right. Yeah. As somebody has got to, you either should, go on the mission field or put money to send in the offering plate
0: to send people. That's right. That's right. And I always talk about too, I've talked about that here on the podcast before that the mission field is everywhere. You know, it's in, it's in your neighborhood. It's in your backyard. It's at the grocery store. It's everywhere. It is totally
1: everywhere. And, and, and children, you know, it's so trite to say this, but they learn most by what they see Mm -hmm. they they are the greatest imitators and i have this one class that i teach about parenting where i challenge you to uh, well you need to understand that uh the parents are the thermostats
0: Hmm.
1: and the children are the thermometers so if the temperature is not good in your home check the thermostat yeah And the same thing, you know, if you are aware of and and when you are together as a family, if you have prayer for missionaries or have on your heart, somebody you met at the grocery store, like you said, um, then that is caught. That lifestyle is caught. So uh, you um, it's all about being in your right relationship with God yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. I like how you said that. You said that we are the, say that one more time, that we are the thermostats. We're the thermostats and the children are the thermometers. So,
1: yeah. uh, so yeah, what it, we set the temperature.
0: Yes. I love that. So what does that kind of look like as our role as the parent? How do we do that? How do we set the atmosphere in our home? Well,
1: first of all, um, you make sure that you are <laughs> anchored and walking with Jesus (laughs) yes if you however you can do it and I remember there were times when I would be um uh carpool you know some people say oh were you a stay-at-home mom I went well I didn't work and get paid outside the home I was a stay-in-the-van mom (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) you're always driving somebody to what practice and this practice and picking somebody up and that and so my van at times during some seasons of my life had become my prayer closet mm. like i had my bibles in my in my study books with me and when i would go I, and i would be parked there i knew i would have 15 20 minutes to just have quiet time with god yeah and uh, we if we're not right with God, if we um, don't have peace, it, it spills over. Mm-hmm. So how we do it is to keep our eyes on Jesus. Another thing is to, to understand that um, our children aren't ours, that we mm-hmm. are stewards. We're almost, you could almost consider us as foster parents for god Hmm. and he is really their father and we are here we've been given stewardship to guide them prepare them and have our eyes and ears open to their gifts and abilities and interest and encourage those so that they're ready to hear where God wants them to go.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I I could not agree more with all of that. That just definitely strikes home with me too. So tell me a little bit about your life as a mom and a preacher's wife and traveling all over. There are a lot of moms that are just in the overwhelmed stage of motherhood, and feeling like okay, like life just feels crazy right now. So, how did you keep your sanity? Maybe you have some like <laughs> how did I keep Victoria? my sanity?
1: Well, I'm not sure. The jury's still out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made it till they were. We were empty nesters. You know, if you if you look at the numbers, it took us uh, three decades to have all our children, which means. Uh, we it took us forty five years to reach empty nesthood, and thirty of those years we had a teenager in the house.
0: Wow, that so, that's
1: incredible. So, uh, yeah, um, so there's hope. Yes, yeah. there's hope. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the perspectives is that concept. Don't sweat the little stuff, and it's all mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And also remembering who you're living for it doesn't matter what people think of you and that's a hard hard um concept when you're the preacher's wife or when you're in a a spiritual leadership role Mm -hmm. here's here's i don't know if it's encouraging or discouraging there's going to be somebody that doesn't like what you're doing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so you have to live before an audience of one and uh, I actually, I created a devotional journal for young mothers. I, I, I've got two. One is for specifically for young mothers, and the other one is just for women seeking God. Both of those are also on Amazon, and it's just 30 days. It's got a Bible verse, a little story of something God taught me that was related to that verse and then some suggestions of answer questions to ask and lined paper, a couple pages for you to write out um, your thoughts in a, like a journal and yeah. go back. And I, I made it enough lines that you can go back a year or a couple of months or again and write out how it affects, you know, how you answer the questions and it may be different because you're at a different stage. Yeah. Um that's called an ox in your kitchen. And I guess that's the whole concept with having children, it comes from the verse that and here's a paraphrase that much increase comes from the ox. Um no wait, yes. When the stable is empty, when you don't have any oxen, the stables clean, mm-hmm. but much increase comes. With the ox, so what do you want? <laughs> do you want crazy and so many blessings and uh, stories, yeah, stories and memories, or do you want no chaos, simple wife? And, and I, I do have. I know people that are old and have no, ch- and never had children, mm-hmm. and i don't know what they have but we there's no legacy Mm -hmm. and you're building a legacy you are as parents you are impacting the future generations you are creating the world
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and like it uh says the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world yeah and that that's that's it I mean, you could have whatever uh, political position you could have be the CEO of a big company, but you can never make the impact on the world that you will make as a mother in any other way.
0: That's so true. There's so much purpose in it. And the enemy, I feel like, is always after us to... Um, try and turn our head away and our heart away from the home, you know, and make it to make us feel insignificant or like, you know, there's more out there. You should be doing something else, you know, instead of just changing diapers all day long. But if we could just see from the Lord's perspective for a second, you know, like the high honor and um, just the responsibility and the purpose that we have in what we do every single day. I mean, you know, we would look at it totally differently. I like what you said earlier about, just uh, about the ox, and the oxen in the in the stable and the chaos. Like, what do you want? I always think when I talk to people about how we kind of decided how many kids that we wanted to have, which we still are kind of at that point. We're like, well, maybe we'll foster or adopt because once you get to four, it's kind of like, why not add another four <laughs> or whatever? Yeah, it doesn't even <laughs> matter. Um, but. My thought was always okay. If I think about how many kids, how many kids I want in this stage of life, like how many little children do I want in my house? Well, like no, I probably wouldn't want that many. But I have to think long term. Like, what do I want later? Like you talking about the blessings, right? Later down the road, when I picture my Thanksgiving table, I want it to be full. I want my house to just to be full of family and little you know grandchildren running around and all of the children. And so that helps kind of keep my perspective of like, yeah, this is a lot of hard work right now, but there's blessings in this. Um, and there's even more blessings down the road. I've heard that grandchildren are even better than children. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I you know, yes. if,
1: I, if I had known how, how awesome grandchildren were, are, I would have had them first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: blessed with, we have five of our eight children married. And we have 18 grandchildren.
0: Wow. Incredible. So incredible. Yes. So you probably have some really fun holidays at your house, huh? Well, it's getting easier and they don't, well,
1: Christmas, we went to Atlanta where five of them live and two more were able to come there. Mm -hmm. The one in Indiana was leading the, uh, running the Christmas conference for college students. So his, he and his four children and wife were in Indiana but yeah we had and our two sons each have pretty serious significant others okay and it was fun to spend get to know the girls but yeah. uh, nothing's official yet so um but we had I don't 29 wow and uh, but it was the first time well, actually, when COVID happened and our son moved home from Bosnia, it was the first time in 20 years all of our children lived in the United States. Wow. That's the challenge when you send them out all over the world. Uh-huh. And yes. uh yes, one year we just did a Skype meal together for a holiday. And yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. But it also makes it, I got to um I used to own a, a tea room in North Georgia when we were pastoring a church there. Okay. And I did that for seven years and I've got to published a cookbook from that. But um, when I closed that, I hadn't been able to go anywhere. So I went by myself for six weeks around the world, literally, Bos- wow. Amsterdam, Bosnia, India, and Japan to visit my children because I had sent them out all over the world.
0: Wow. (laughs) But truly that is, and I'm so glad you brought that up earlier because that truly is our mission as parents, right? Is to raise our kids to, um, lie more on the Lord every day and less on us because they are on loan. The way you described it as kind of foster parents from, or foster, we are the foster parents, Um, for these children because they belong to the Lord is such a healthy perspective, a good way to look at it. And so, you know, yes, like they're all over the world, but that is what you did, what you were called to do with those kids. So that's just is so encouraging. Well, before we close out, I want you to kind of share what's maybe do you have one last like thing to say, maybe a piece of advice you want to leave with these moms. Just
1: maybe, remember that you are precious to God and there is nothing you can do as an individual or even a parent that, that will make God love you any less. Mm-hmm. And there's not anything you can do to make God love you anymore. So good. So, uh, yeah. so keep your perspective Keep your eyes on Jesus. Consider Jesus. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And uh, and trust God. He's yeah. got this. <laughs> somebody, somebody, yeah. I saw this quote. It said, um, when God put a calling on your life, he took into account your stupidity. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh so good because we often feel that way as moms in fact I, I was just talking with a mom today that just felt very discouraged and she just felt like she had failed and you know like just made this huge mistake and um you know I like it, it just was that moment like where I was able to go hey listen I have been there too and you know what the Lord has reminded me of that he knew that I was he knew I was gonna mess up he knew all of my failures before he Picked me as a mom, and some for some crazy reason, he still chose for me to be these children's mom. So, um, right, you know, we don't have to be perfect. He knows yes. that we mess up, you know. And in those moments, I think it's important for us to remember too that that our failure gives us the grand opportunity to show our kids what repentance and redemption looks like.
1: Absolutely, you know? so, absolutely. Don't pretend to be perfect because no. that's what. Your kids know you're not.
0: Yes. Yes. So.
1: Yeah. You can't hide it from them. No. Well,
0: I know that I feel encouraged and um, I know that these women are going to want to connect with you just like. I wanted to, and still, I would love to stay in touch, have you on again, because I feel like you are just one of those spiritual mothers where you have a conversation with you and it's like, oh, I just need you in my life. Please, please come and have tea with me at my house and tell me all of your stories and make me feel like I'm not failing. Oh,
1: yes. so That sounds fun. Sounds fun.
0: Yes. So tell us, how can we connect with you? What Where can they find you and find your books? I know you mentioned several books, so give us kind of a rundown.
1: Uh, my simplest, easiest, is to go to my website, which is really complicated. It's diairby.com. Yep. D-E-A-I-R-B-Y.com.
0: Perfect. And
1: from that, there in the store, it's got the Amazon books that you click on, it'll take you to Amazon. Um, it's got a link for my well, I don't think we mentioned it on air, a TED talk about the magic of the meal because that is important for families. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and my email is, I've got a couple of them. You can connect, you can schedule a chat with me on the website, but diaerby at gmail.com or dia at com. either of those.
0: Great. That's perfect. And I'll put all that information in the show notes as well so that you can easily find those if you are listening while you're driving and all that. Don't worry about it. You can find that later in the um, show notes. Well, would you mind, I would love if you would just pray over these mom, moms as we close and um, just speak some. It would be my
1: honor. Would blessing be my over honor. them. Yeah. Yes. Oh, daddy God, our father in heaven. I pray that these women, these mothers who are sacrificing to serve you in raising the next generation, that they would have a peace that passes understanding, that they would seek wisdom from you. You have the answers for them in each situation, whatever trial they're facing, whatever challenge they're facing, and help them to know that You love them, you support them, and you uh, offer wisdom. And you can pour into them the love that they need to pour out to their families. Give them a patience that they need. And help them know just how valuable they are, how precious they are. We're able to ask this of you, Father, because of Jesus and what he did for us. And we thank you in his name. Amen. Amen.